Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Self Deaf Sundays, the podcast. Do 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 do. really clear that some of the learnings from this book has really helped bring so it gives you like a high level summary of everything that this guy had figured out the power of the subconscious mind and suggestions and i'm so excited to have another guest with me today who is lisa yay welcome lisa <laughs> thank you for having me how are you i'm good thanks good really excited to start this yeah let's do it so um we met lisa i think it was not long ago right like, like yeah over a year and a half ago way. it was yeah. so random i can't even pinpoint how it all merged together but basically we are part of this crew we got going on <laughs> <laughs> it's a very silly little group that we got going on i mean we're not silly but the name yeah, is silly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> representing litty ganny girl so um i think yeah i've you know perry susie who's been on the podcast are part of the group as well and i'm excited to kind of get to know everyone else in the group as well but yeah that's how we met and yeah we, we went out and we got drunk like i think the first time we met was we went out for a night out and we ended yeah. up crashing at lisa's and it's just like really good just Vibes. good memories just, yeah yeah exactly every time we're together we're always like drunk or having fun yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay? but there was that one time know, we work colleague was like oh they're actually real friends because you chose to hang out around with them because they're my work colleagues are like so what are they like your schoolmates your uni mates i'm like neither of those actually like yeah new friends which i was like when i thought back at it i was like we actually chose to stay friends which is quite true and it's rare isn't it because i think un- unless you meet people at school college uni like it's hard to meet new people but i think with our group like we just had a lot of mutual friends and it just happened that we were all like very like-minded and and we want to have fun right and yeah <laughs> that's exactly. literally the origination of our friendship and um every time we like us as a group are together like we're always like messing about and and doing bits but i'm so excited to have you here lisa and for you to uh, tell us what makes you who you are so for the people listening um that might not know you maybe do you want to start off with your name age and occupation yeah so full name Lisa Shetchin, um and age 25 no not 25 but 24 <laughs> I, I want to be 25 already that's why I think I'm 25 <laughs> yeah, and then I work at an investment bank like my role is production management I mean, it's quite, it's quite a bank role. I don't think you get a lot of that out there. Maybe in like tech from based uh, departments. Mm. So it's basically just support for the application that the users use. So anything in production, you manage, hence production management. Mm. So that's it, really. And you're another fellow computer science graduate, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> But you're like some next level computer science. Like yours is like maths and computer science, isn't it? Yeah, it's half computer science, half maths. I mean, it was almost like the worst bits of both because you have to do the core. You don't get to pick the fun parts because you have to do the core of each, which is not the fun parts. So, but it was good. I think I met like a good bunch of people. I don't think if I didn't, if I didn't have the math side, 
mm. I would have been pretty um, done for with friends because I think being computer science, I was I had that trait of a computer science person, like socially, like when I was growing up. <laughs> you all know what comsci grads are like, right? It's like yeah, stereotype, isn't it? Yeah, literally. how many girls was in your course? Like, I'm sure it was little, right? I think we the total. I remember it's like total course people were 110 in my year and I think there was like seven girls or maybe 10 girls mm. and obviously not all of them were even computer science it was like more computer business or mm. computer and um, computer science and math stuff like that there was not even yeah and I think I only talked to one of them or two of them as well right computer science it's, it's so crazy because <laughs> I can relate to you as well and I think you know we can talk about more of your kind of degree and stuff in a bit but I, I guess like before we delve into like the professional and like that kind of world my kind of first question to really get to know you um is your ordinary tales right like what made you who you are and um your past and ideally what has shaped you to be who you are today so my first question to you actually is understanding what drives you as an individual so you know what really motivates you to do everything in your life whether that be professional or personal like ideally why do you do what you do <laughs> um I think I can't lie I have to say money money <laughs> 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 yeah exactly yeah um, but then that also comes with like I think growing up everything boils down to your parents and their teachings um my dad was a very you won't get anything until you earn it kind of person so we always had to earn it, so do well or did a good task or whatever to get what we wanted. And like, I think that really stuck because almost now, now it's like I want to do well so that I can earn things in my life. So I want to do well because I know then I can, I deserve, I mean, yeah, that's my motivation, I guess. So, and I I think ever since I was young, I've always, because I love the materialistic things. I love cars. I want <laughs> penthouse apartments. Like don't we all, girl? Don't we all? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So ever since I was young, I'd always be like, okay, I want to be there. How mm. can I make that happen? Mm. So I'd always like, even though I was doing like key stage three, I'd look at what universities I want to go to, and then that kind of gave me a guideline as to what I should be doing at that point in time to mm-hmm. be able to get there stuff like that mm. and even now like I want to do stuff in the future when I'm I don't know 30 or 40 then I think oh which, what should I do now just to make sure I go I head in that direction so I think that's the motivation mm. and also like you just get motivated by just living you know like mm. you want to like you want to enjoy to be able to enjoy you kind of you have to work hard which is again comes back to the dad teaching me like you have to or you won't get things until unless you earn it kind of thing mm. so I've always said this to my parents like they haven't deprived us of any anything which I'm really grateful to them for but growing up it was really hard to find a passion you know mm. like if you're if you've been taught generally most things and you're good in most things then you're kind of like well what do I want to do like yeah I I didn't have like a drive of oh I love this I really want to do this it was kind of like oh what makes sense for me to do jack of of all trades yeah but well but nothing like I mean 
all I knew was I was good at maths. I mean, <laughs> I, I liked English, psychology, uh, what's it, like um, philosophy and stuff, but I could, I, I'm not really articulate or like writing. Again, comes down to computer science traits. Mm. Like, I'm so bad at writing or just like trying to articulate stuff. So I knew I was good at maths and numbers, but it was more like, it's so vague and so vast. Like, what do you, what do you even want to do? Yeah, I think that the thing about maths is like you're either a math maths person or an English person. Like, yeah, you exactly. need to have a certain brain to just get it. And those English people, they just have a, a way of saying things. Yeah, of, you know, saying how they feel. But I think it, it 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 makes sense that for you, like, it seems from everything that you said. Like going back to my question around, you know, what drives you? Like, it's clear that your dad was kind of the, in a way, the driving force to kind of check on you and make sure to push you to do your best and what you said earlier on around like it's like you deserve to live a good life right and your idea of a good life could be working hard and making enough money like we said earlier uh, to (laughs) then go out and buy stuff that we want to buy go out and travel and kind of just not have any regrets I think that is kind of like what I uh, took away from what you said and also it seems like from a very young age, you were very like clear in terms of uh, next steps and goals. So even when you were in key stage three, you were looking at what can I do next, right? So it seems like there was always that drive for you to um, always look for what you, what you need to do next to eventually reach that final goal of living that good life in a penthouse, right? <laughs> and, and you are on track, like you are exactly. on track. And you're doing what you can today. And going back to when you were younger and you did start mentioning that you were always kind of, you used to set goals um, to work towards. But do you have any kind of memories of when you were younger as well, where you, you always wanted to do this and you always was like, okay, I need to work hard or I need to get that degree or study hard. Like, was that something that was common from a very young age for you I think it's also your surrounding environment like growing um, kind of I guess also because I have an older sister mm. it was almost she was kind of the guinea pig of what parents desires were like go to uni do well blah blah blah. Mm. so then you kind of see that and you see like other older sisters and brothers in the because we were in army barracks so you're just surrounded with people already in front of High you achievers, yeah yeah exactly and you see it and i don't know i feel like it just comes naturally because you're kind of i feel like you're kind of conditioned especially with my parents they they were strict parents I would say (laughs) that like (laughs) people used to be like oh like your parents are strict because they were very like education like study like Mm. your time to enjoy will come later like these are the most important time I mean we didn't not enjoy our lives like Mm. um but it was it was very clear what their kind of teachings were like expectations were yeah and and what mattered for them exactly yeah and um it's also i this is i brought up to my parents actually like i'm really i'm really interested in kids and their education as well because growing up like say if you grew up doing well you understood things quickly Mm. because you understood things quickly you do well you Mm. get praised and you just want to do well constantly Mm. and because kids love being praised like Mm. if you do something well then you're like oh this is a good thing like um let's do more of it mm. but and then because 
you know like sets and stuff I was I was generally doing well so you then because we had grammar schools in that area then the next thing is to go to a grammar school and as soon as you're in a grammar school then the environment is so that they really focus on your education mm. and they and then I think your the, standard, the standard yeah, it gets higher right? exactly yeah. and general, the trend is just like you know in that path mm. and then I was thinking about it I was like it's so tough if there are kids who don't naturally understand things mm. like I feel there is such a big gap as well because it's like you don't do well then mm. you might not make that grammar school you don't make that grammar school already the teaching get it, Standard. standards and facilities are already like your part it's much harder or obviously you can still make it from another pub uh, state school or public school I don't know the difference but it's still it's just the chances are lowered yeah yeah you you just got a less you just a bit of a step back Mm. and you just have to do that extra mile so I do really feel for a lot of kids who don't have the opportunity like I just think it's so tough being a kid Mm. (laughs) like I mean it's a hard life being a kid (laughs) there's growing up there's hormonal changes and there's all yeah there's so much going on yeah and you're so harsh on yourself as well especially in the Nepalese um culture Mm. emotions and feelings I don't I think it's quite a oppressive culture (laughs) so like it's definitely like an area that I'm so I think I would love to go back to it or just be more involved with kids in the future to be honest Mm. I think that's a really interesting thing that you raised because I I guess just in the point on the oppressive culture as well like I guess in our culture it's very much like you either be a doctor engineer or a lawyer like exactly very like set in terms of what career path you can choose and as a result like even for us from from a very young age we don't really explore the creative arts or other industries because our perception is that you won't be successful if you follow that path and going back to your point around um if you study well then the chances are you're going to go into grammar school the chances are you're then going to be surrounded by more people and then it's like this idea around the rich will stay rich and the poor will stay poor yeah until exactly. you get out of that bubble it's hard and it reminded me of this story that i read on a book called outliers by malcolm gladwell Gad gladwell where he actually did a research around success and how people become successful and there are a lot of factors that come into play with regards to success and even your when you were born so going back to your example around the better you study uh, the better attention you get and then as a result you'll study more because that becomes your identity yeah Malcolm also mentioned there was a study done of rugby players if you look at all the rugby players in Canada um, they're all born in the month of January and the reason for that is when they're younger um, they are a year ahead from people that are born in December the year before so physically they're more strong and they're better built and as a result they're faster on the pitch and as a result, the coach says, oh, he's got potential, right? And, yeah. and that gets fed in that child's mind and they ended up being, being more successful. And over time, it, little factors like the year you were born um, can impact how successful you become in the future. And I exactly. think, you know, that study can also be reflected in the educational system where if you happen to be in the army, your dad happened to be in the army, the likelihood of you being uh, exposed to grammar school might be higher. And as a result, you end up 
going and setting yourself in a circle but for people like you mentioned who never had that chance the chances of them being dis- disadvantaged just gets higher over time whereas yeah. the people who i guess are more privileged their advantage gets higher over time right so it's it is that class kind of gap i don't know if it's a class gap or there is that gap that just gets bigger uh, until exactly. you have those um i guess those dreamers and those chasers that are willing to do stuff that traditionally they sh- shouldn't be doing but they do it anyway right so yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a really interesting thing that you raised yeah yeah, yeah. And I, I just think about because because i love kids and i like want millions of kids on my own i always think about like oh like how can i help them or like oh, oh i pick up on things that oh you know like hopefully when i have a kid i won't do this or won't do that or put them mm. through this kind of thing so yeah i think yeah i think when you have a kid or even like little cousins or your little sibling right you just want to set them up for the best environment for them to thrive the most and i think that's the reason our parents did what they did for us um, when we were growing up as well like because maybe they didn't have the chance to study and pursue what they really want to do what they have done for us is set up that environment for us to thrive and um to kind of really push us push us yeah. to do our best so uh, it's in it's whatever we want to do for our future kids that's exactly what our parents did for us as well right because yeah, exactly. it's your child and you want the best for them as well so yeah. yeah i think yeah that's an interesting one and yeah you when you have kids i'm sure you will <laughs> when you have the millions of kids i'm sure you'll <laughs> provide the best environment for them as well yeah. so funny. <laughs> um and I guess like now kind of following on from that question around what drives you um my second question to you is actually um understanding you know is there an event or an experience that has happened in your life um from birth to date which has really shaped you to be who you are today and that could be from uh you know from school that you went to uni that you went to it could be a project that you were working on or a traveling spot just anything that happened in your childhood childhood or in the past which makes you think like oh my god if that event didn't happen I wouldn't be the way I am today like what's the first thing that comes in your mind it's so funny I think everything comes back to my dad <laughs> so, your dad's just so I'm like traumatized <laughs> <laughs> he's brainwashing I think, good. <laughs> I think it's, it's mainly because me and my dad are very similar mm. so we've always either been hand in hand skipping along or we've been like butting heads like mad and then it's like either one or the other (laughs) it's one extreme or the other there's no in between (laughs) exactly and I generally voice my opinions or my feelings so obviously generation gap or whatever like obviously there's a lot of things that he doesn't feel the same on but I don't back down even if that means crying and like whining I don't back down so I don't know, growing up, I was always, literally always had guy friends. Mm. So I don't think there was one moment. I feel like it was multiple moments, but then coming back to the same thing. Um, like, I always had guy friends. I almost never had girlfriends. Like, um, my, my sister used to always say she used to bring, like, new girls for me to hang around with, and I'd, like, just ignore them and then go back to <laughs> like, hang around with things. guys. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so you can't like, change me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm a lad. <laughs> <laughs> I used to always mess around, and being in the army barracks, common, there's, like, tons of kids and, like, 
older brothers, like friends, blah, blah. Um, so I used to always mess around. I think it came to maybe puberty or like when I was 12 years old, when I was messing around, just being me. And then my dad was like, like act, act better, act like a girl. Mm. Like you have to realize you're a girl. It was along that lines, like, like know that you're a girl. <laughs> And I was like, at that time, I was like, what? Like, what do you mean? <laughs> what, what am I acting like? What? Like, yeah. what am I supposed to act like? And I was so confused because that then made me awkward. I was like, because obviously you're starting to develop, right? Mm. So you're like, oh, how should I act with mm. guys? Like, I was then looking at what, how other people act. And then I just started getting really awkward. And then mm. obviously at that time, I started going to an all-girls grammar school. So I didn't even have... I had minimal contact with guys at that stage, you know, during my teenage phase. So mm-hmm. I just slowly started losing how to, I should be acting with guys. It shouldn't be any different than how you act with anyone. But then I, said, I just started overthinking about what I'm saying or what I'm doing or how mm-hmm. I'm behaving. So mm-hmm. I think you just I, ended up being more self-aware, which you had yeah. never been before up until your dad raised that. Yeah. To the point that I was so quiet, like, Mm. and... I think you were just a bit shocked. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like, let me just keep quiet and not do anything. Yeah, it was almost like the wrong way. Step back and be like, okay, I'll just just watch everyone else go by. (laughs) Minding my own business. (laughs) I'd be so shy to talk to anyone. Like, my sister would be in front. I'd be behind her until she was like, oh, this is Lisa. Or Lisa, say hi. Or Lisa, join in. Never be the first yeah i'll just be like behind her in the shadow literally unless i knew someone obviously mm. if i grew up then then i'd be fine but with i think with guys generally or adults i just found it really hard because normally i used to chat like, chat with the whole community i used to know what everyone's doing what everything like everything that's happening who's moving in who's moving out who's having a baby i used to know everything but mm. like at a point i just like the social part of me like just kind of hibernated or just kind of took a step back and then I think like sixth form then obviously you start having sixth formers guys coming into school Mm. and you start meeting more people like neighboring schools there's more guys but I was still really awkward like I didn't know what to talk about like Mm. I still didn't know like obviously because I've only hung around with girls in school I just Mm. didn't know how to act and um I used to use my sister as like the diffuser of awkwardness because she just chat to the guys. So I'd be like fine when they're walking to school. Mm. But then like at a point, obviously she went to uni and I was kind of like, like shit. <laughs> now <laughs> what? <laughs> my dip, like my conversation is gone. <laughs> like, <laughs> the bridge is gone. The bridge is, yeah, down. The bridge is gone. <laughs> and you know, the funniest thing is because we used to always walk to school with these like few guys on the way they used to like, um, be in the same route I used to like to avoid that I used to take the longest route <laughs> or like go 10 minutes early just, just so to I'd avoid them. them to avoid them oh my god and then obviously I'd see them after school which I'd be fine with because everyone else is there and we walk home together but in the mornings because it was only me and the three guys I'd just be like but then I think obviously with them like it took two years but I got close to them because obviously I'd see them every day so mm. for me at that point it would take generally take me like a year or two just to be just yes, to like so. be like oh comfortable mm. um and then obviously I went to uni and I think this is the 
pivotal moment like I went to Bath so this there was literally hardly any Nepalese but people like anyone I knew of already mm. who went to the uni so it was already like out of my comfort zone like mm. no one there and then I also lived in halls so the halls that I lived in it was a it was kind of like houses mm. on the campus and um the each house had like 13 people living in there so that was already 12 other people and it was a mixed um house so there was girls and boys mm. and I think that really changed me because like you can't avoid them they're like living there <laughs> yeah it's hard to avoid people that you live with <laughs> yeah exactly and um I don't know I think just the first week was hard you know like I even cried because I was like I don't know how to make friends like I just <laughs> I just didn't much. know what to do yeah it yeah. was like where's your sister when you need her yeah, exactly it was so unfamiliar it's like approaching people like you don't want to bother them they might yeah. be in their rooms like it was such a weird like because you're so eager like mm. you need you have to be like eager to make friends and like mm. Uh, and if I you've think, never done that before, it's like, where does one begin, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> so exactly. Mm. And you like, throughout your life, you just always are next to people you know, and you never have to suddenly make new friends, right? Like, you're by yourself. If it was me and somebody else, and then it's almost easy. But when you're by yourself and there's like a sea of people, you're like, shit. Mm. So, but then I think after the first, I think obviously freshers week, it breaks the ice and slowly like, it was fine like mm. but I think uni was pivotal because during those four years like I just gained my confidence back I, I think I just grew as a person individual mm. grew out being a kid just again computer science you have to you have to be the one who reaches out otherwise you won't be talking to anyone <laughs> like <laughs> everyone's like literally in their own in their own bubble, bubble. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so if you don't make the and conversation a- you literally have no friends so yeah I think uni was definitely uh, a, ne- necessary for me to like mm-hmm. grow that confidence mm. and be like because I kind of had to be like oh like I don't care what dad says I have to <laughs> act how I want to act to make friends and to kind of get through uni so I think at that point I was kind of like I tossed his opinion out of my head mm. and I was like oh I'm just gonna be myself yeah so, it's so crazy isn't it because like I feel like everyone's gone through that awkward phase in their life where they're literally lost and like yeah exactly like you said it I think Swiss said it where she was so shy when she was younger and like if you look at her now you're like you yeah, would never exactly. think that. and like you as well like you're so outgoing and spoken like you would never think that and me like me as well I was so shy I used to hate saying like doing drama and all these kind of things and yeah used to talk a lot and I think sometimes you need do need to go through that phase of feeling lost right and like yeah finding yourself in a way like finding your identity because when you were younger like you said like you'd always hung up with the guys and when your dad was like oh act like a woman or like say like kind of like stay in your lane it kind of threw you off because it's like what does that mean like there isn't a how-to guide on how to do it right (laughs) it's a hard thing to do and I think you kind of had your sister as like the little buffer for you to open up but when that was gone like you had to go and get through that yourself and in a way it seems like uni was the time where you were the old Lisa where you weren't thinking about how to act and I I think that's when you act yourself the most and as cliche as it sounds like being authentic right like where you're not trying to pretend to be someone you're not and yeah and it's it's clear that you look up to your dad a lot and you you really value his opinion and 
I think that's the reason why when he said that, you know, like, act like a woman, it kind of threw you off because we think that parents are always right. And most times they are and their intent is always right. But sometimes you need to be the judge of what you're going to take on board from what they said yeah. and what to leave behind to find yourself out, right? Because yeah. you won't find who you are until you go through it yourself. And it seems like that uni time was a great opportunity and experience for you to be who you are like without kind of working on eggshells of am I doing the right thing and in a way it seems like you stopped caring what other people thought of you as well right yeah it was almost like I don't care anymore like (laughs) this is me (laughs) exactly and in the end I think it starts by kind of accepting what you are or like not what you are but like <laughs> what you are, what inanimate object you are. <laughs> so I think that is so crucial. Like generally, with a lot of people, especially a lot of girls, I think a lot of girls feel a certain way or really, you know, think about, overthink most of the time, and but don't. It's it's always comes back to kind of I guess self esteem and. It's just so much going on. Like you said, when you grow up, there's so much going on, like puberty, mm. education, parents' expectations. Like, mm. I guess for you guys, like being even the being the older sibling, like it's such a it's such with a the first one, yeah. Cause yeah, it's like, exactly. Without realizing you are the role model in a way, right? Exactly. Pave the way for your younger sibling or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So it's just crazy how many things you have to go through. Like mm. that's why I always think being a kid is so tough you i think the best times were before year seven or like when you're like <laughs> 10 Three, yeah i think that was my best years i think year <laughs> six was my best years like yeah <laughs> and after that they were just like downhill well, yeah downhill like sh- slap after slap or like yeah. shocks left right and center <laughs> I think, and then the hill kind of goes up again. I think, obviously, uni is hard, but from a personal development, yeah, growth point of view, I think from that, thankfully, it's up, uphill, right? In 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 yeah, general yeah. trend, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard, isn't it? Like we don't stop and reflect often on how hard it is growing up. It, it's yeah. we take it for granted in a way. It's like everyone grows up anyway. But when you sit down and actually think of the things you've gone through as a child and try to deal with all these different factors and a lot of the times you're doing it for the first time so it's like how do you do this thing called life right but exactly. that's the reason why like when you look at your elder people like they're like oh like they're experienced and it's easy for them to say do this or do that but unless you go through it yourself it's hard to take their advice as well because I think we all need yeah. to do it in our own pace and, and learn from it right but yeah it's it's yeah it's not easy it's not easy at all i mean how easy would it be if someone just said and you like did did it like it's it's not obviously even parents always say like learn from others mistakes but Mm. you'll never learn until it you're the person who goes through it like it's just natural natural human behavior to not properly learn from within unless it happens to you yeah and i think it's like um obviously parents mean well but sometimes they expect a lot and yeah they expect to for us to behave as if they did but they've got what 15 20 years on us right um even exactly. even more so it's hard to compare what how they would react to a situation versus how we would react to a situation because we don't have yeah. those 20 years or 30 years of experience in the bag for us so 
that's why like when I am conscious as well when I talk to my younger cousins or my um you know like my sibling and stuff like I, I I'm, a, I'm just a bit more conscious in terms of you know when I tell them to do something so like, but they haven't gone through life for them yeah. to then realize what I have realized yeah, um, yeah so it's like you just I think you just need to be a bit careful around expectations and when you have your kids in the future as well <laughs> you're in a million kids as well I think it's just I guess it's important to kind of bear that in mind right it's just being a bit yeah. more aware in terms of expectations of not just kids but also people around you in general um yeah. uh when we expect stuff from people at work or friends or you know even our parents or our loved ones um it's just being a bit more I guess conscious of their situation what their what their experiences are so that we don't get disappointed at the end of the day right exactly you can't can't expect for everyone to go through the same kind of realizational experiences and think oh yeah you should how how do you not know this or you should know this like Mm -hmm. yeah you can't expect that it's just like a perspective I guess it is yeah exactly but um I think from like you going back to the question around you know what really shaped shaped you as a person in your life event I think you'd started touching on um you growing up when you were younger but then it seems like the uni time was the pivotal moment for you to kind of gain that self-confidence and kind of go back to who you are as a person that that gives like like a really good insight into you know Lisa and, and and your past and your ordinary tales and I think now is the right time to de- now move on to the second half of the podcast, which is all around the extraordinary dreams part, which is all around the future, right? And the things you want to achieve. Um, so I guess before we go into that, I'm going to ask you this one question and then we'll kind of revolve around it. I think you already know what the question is yeah. going to be, Lisa. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what do you want your legacy to be? Oh, it's <laughs> a big question. Like, um, I don't know it's so vast right because what we're um thinking we want our legacy to be right now might change but growing up obviously being from background of Nepal and I think everyone on your podcast who's been Nepalese will say the same probably but you're just exposed to how Nepal is and like you're for me the only family I have here is my direct one and my aunt so like the direct ones obviously there's distant relatives but otherwise most of my aunts cousins they're all in Nepal like I nieces nephews I literally don't have a lot of family in the UK so you miss that you know and like you so because we go back to Nepal so often you see the state Nepal is in and you just want better for everyone like so Mm. I think I've always wanted to kind of give back in some sort of way and I was thinking about this because you know how I have goals and then I come down to what I need to do now to get there. Like eventually I kind of want to go back. Like I've, I've worked in orphanages before. Again, I love kids. Mm-hmm. Like kids here have it tough, but like, then you think about Nepal and you're like, like, <laughs> where'd you even start? <laughs> like, even my dad, like, even, again, I come back to my dad, but even my dad, he literally lived in a, like a slum. Like mm. he was, used to have a house just made off of someone else's house kind of poor you know like mm. not knowing what to eat the next day or stuff mm. like that like I just think you just you just given that you've been given the privilege of living a life like this and mm. 
no one gets to choose their life you just grow up obviously once you get older you can make wise decision decisions but for kids you you just can't choose the opportunities they get like they're just stuck mm. with what they have so eventually i do want to my legacy i just want to help nepal and say like i was able to make a difference to x number of kids at least mm. even if it's one like you've changed someone's life mm-hmm. and like kids are so impressionable like honestly like things you teach them i just think you can just impact them in such good ways so i think i want my legacy to be that whether mm. it's going to happen <laughs> we'll find out yeah, of course Stay it'll tuned. happen <laughs> Stay tuned on the next episode of lisa's yeah. life <laughs> exactly Stay um, <laughs> <stay> with me <laughs> But yeah, I guess that's a dream and I don't know. Eventually, obviously everything I do now is to eventually get there. So mm. like, even though I'm living well, enjoying it, eventually mm. to be able to get to a certain point where I can then invest that whatever I've earned back into Nepal as a community, like I don't know, that would be the dream, I guess. Mm. Like, who wants to work like dogs in a corporate world like <laughs> when exactly. i think about what am i doing this for like yeah why am i working for this guy he's got all the money at the top like but then mm. eventually it, you i feel like this now is the time to kind of grind like you have the energy as a youth to just mm. work your ass off even if it means 14 16 hour days like you do what you can do mm. there's a lot of people who do more than me but they still can't make ends meet do you mm. know what i mean like mm. so you kind of have to make um do with what you have and try to do the best you can so you can hopefully give back and just make a difference yeah i think eventually it boils down to kind of i want my legacy to impact kids and their futures mm. i mean it's clear that the key trend for everything you said in the previous conversation as well was this desire to kind of help kids and i know we touched on it earlier on where you know if you are disadvantaged from a young age like the chances are that you're just going to get left behind right but i think yeah. going back to what you said it's like if and you're right kids are very uh impress was it impressionable impressionable <laughs> impressionable impressionable <laughs> <laughs> the brain part um where you can mold them and if yeah. you show them what they're capable of like they can go off and achieve great things and i think going back to nepal as well like I'm the same right my dad was the same like if you look if you hear their childhood childhood and the kind of stuff that they had to go through it's exactly. the stuff you see in the movies here but like a century ago you know but that's yeah. our dads our reality dads, for like, them yeah the changes they've had exactly and like even you hear the stories like when they say oh we used to only get to eat meat once a year or like we used yeah, to exactly. wear the same sandals and and it's to think you know their childhood and everything that they've did was so that we could have a better life and if you compare their childhood when they were 25 to when we are 25 the lifestyle is so so different yeah and it's crazy how much we have progressed in a way considering our background um so it's just i think no matter what we do i mean you work in a corporate world in central london and uh and i'm the same as well right so it just makes you really like whatever you do in the future it really humbles you to remember where yeah. you're from exactly and to not let it get to your head and i have the same thoughts right like where you're working and it's like you 
why am I worried about this silly little task when there are people in the world dying and as a whole country has got so much to to give back right um but at the same time like what we're doing now is a stepping stone for whatever we do in the future and we can help people out individuals out no matter what race or what ethnicity or however way we can but our own motherland needs that help and support and i think there is a huge kind of wave of um british in our generation like even our circle like we're all we're, we're we're all similar like we've got similar kind of careers and we have got the same intention to give back to uh, Nepal right so I think in the future like I don't know what's going to happen in 10 or 15 years but I think there is going to be a huge wave of um, British Nepalese people who've been brought up here and who've studied they've done well that ha- that will go back and do it and I think whatever we're doing now is kind of the stepping stone for what that is in the future right so I mean you you did say, oh, I don't know if it's going to happen or not, but I'm pretty sure, I can guarantee you that it will happen. Like, yeah, I think there is going to time come a time, right, where you make enough money, you, you have a senior title or whatever, but that's not satisfying and that, that's not okay. what's going to really fulfill your soul. And I right. think going back to Nepal and giving back to our country is, yeah, your legacy. So it, I, I'm sure you will. And um, I think that also gives like a good overview into what drives you and there's clearly a key theme you know from everything we talked about from very very beginning that you're going to go out and create like a, a kids orphanage or something like that yeah. you're going to be like was it Maggie Doyle or something like that yeah <laughs> Maggie, be yeah because yeah, I, I worked I think I was like 18 just before uni I think I went to Nepal for like three months just during that summer period Mm. and like for two weeks or some of it I worked at the orphanage and it's the most I always feel a bit I don't know it's a bit a weird one because it's a rewarding experience right but Mm. it's almost like I'm getting satisfaction for these poor kids who just have this life it's like a Mm. really weird feeling because I almost feel bad for having that satisfaction Mm. do you know what I mean but it's just um you just see the way they live like mm. when they're like obviously it might be better now because I went well however long ago that was but they used to like do homework on with a candlelight because the power's gone like mm. they have to travel an hour to get their groceries for the whole orphanage stuff like that and like you just want to make it better there's I know um there's so many things that you can just improve just because you've seen more or you've been able to see more you know mm. like there's so many obviously they've got their own way of doing things but you can just introduce so many more ways that could be different solutions kind of thing mm. to how they're living just to better it even that one percent more mm-hmm. so it'd just be so nice but yeah I mean that sounds like such a fun experience and like um, I love going back to Nepal and I haven't done any orphanages or anything like that but um, I actually had a chat with Kriti who whose episode is going to come out next Sunday but she did something similar for a whole year uh, where she was trying to figure out what to do with her uni and stuff and she said yeah. it was like one of the best experiences so I think like if I ever have that midlife or quarter life crisis then yeah. I know where to go <laughs> I actually had that I actually had that you know when um I didn't get into uni and I touched on this on Susie's episode and I literally yeah. thought I just want to go to Nepal and be a monk yeah <laughs> I just want to so go cute. Right, like now, so you feel like that sometimes. Yeah, now that I've gone older, I just, I just think gap year or some sort of year out before you go back into work straight away. Oh, like study straight away is so crucial. Like mm. because 
to be honest, if you don't take it before then, or if you don't take it just before you go into work, it's you're kind of gonna just get tied into it, and mm. you need you. It'll be like finding the time to then take a sabbatical or something. It's just so hard. So I'm such a big advocate for like taking a gap year either before uni or before work, and mm. even placement years. There's young people listening out there. Big advocate, like <laughs> yeah, do your placement year. Just honestly, I mean, we've both done it, right? And I think that yeah. that that really shapes you in terms exactly. of your future career and from yeah. a self confidence point of view as well. Like, yeah, so much, right? Like, because at the end of the day, you're gonna have to work. Like, whether you like it or not, whether it's a corporate world or not, like you're gonna yeah. have to work to have a roof over your head and food on your table so might as well work somewhere nice (laughs) you know what I mean like (laughs) and you have to realize it's not always gonna be the same age people around you all the time like you Mm. kind of grow up with the same age people and then suddenly you do placement year and they're like 40 they're 60 like different levels like it's just such a different experience and I, I even to be honest even university yeah I just wish like this is this is one of my points about the education system. Like, I just don't get how, okay, there might be people who know they want to be a doctor. So studying is the way to go or mm-hmm. a lot of occupations like that. But at 18, how does anyone know what they want to do? Like no. you rush into, unfortunately, debt because not everyone can pay for it straight away. No. And like, if you don't decide, like, it's just, you can learn so much more about yourself if you took, one two three years out before you go to uni and you'd yeah. like treasure that experience way more and actually treat it as it should be treated instead of just as freedom mm. because you're 18 like who knows what they want to do at 18 unless again if it's like medicine or even medicine like how many years of your life just goes Six. yeah exactly Seven, like yeah. i just yeah that's so true and I think this goes back to your point earlier on around finding your passion because the way we've been raised is very like it's education right you you go to school you go to college you go to uni and you get a good job and that's it I don't think we have that exploration around what if I want to be an actor or what if I want to be a singer and exactly I think those are the questions you should be asking at the age of 18 where you don't know what the your degree is or what the jobs you're going to do because you know the job that you'll be doing in five years time might not even exist right now right when you're when you finish uni so it's a hard thing to to ask or pressure kids right now and once again the parents the reason that they ask us what you want to do is because it comes from a good place and they want us to be successful and they want to tell their friends that we're successful that they look successful right there's always going to be like a (laughs) like an inner motive for yeah yeah, they want the kids to look well because they want to show their friends that oh my god i raised a good kid right that's how human beings i made it i made this thing (laughs) and human beings are driven by ego in every single level um but at the same time like sometimes we're so focused on what to do for our parents or what to do that society is going to think is right you don't take that pause to think about what do I want to do and I think doing those gap years I know there's a cliche like there's a certain brand of gap year people like oh I'm gonna go in Thailand and feed like the tigers and feed the elephants but besides all of that it does really put into perspective about life and there is much more to life than getting caught up in the chase in you know in 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 the western world um and to see that there there is a whole other world out there and there's so many problems to solve that 
you know in whatever format it's just finding the one that feels right for you so yeah I think it's it's hard um really trying to find that passion uh for yourself yeah and I remember yeah you know you know the like when you have to write a personal statement oh god yeah oh my god like (laughs) even I'm hard working (laughs) I'm proactive and I learned this like um I remember because I didn't even know that I wanted to do computer science. Like I didn't even know what it was until mm. my teacher introduced it because I was, I was going to do maths. Like my mom, mom wanted me to be an accountant or something or other. Mm. And then but my, all my math teachers were like, don't do maths by itself. It's like the worst thing in the world. <laughs> They're like, make sure you do it with something else. And I was mm. like already scared out of it. So, and then my computing teacher was like, Oh, like look up computer science. Like you'd like it. So, and then mm. after I looked into it, I was like, Oh, this is quite interesting. But then that was like, what, three to six months just before I had to write a personal statement. So mm. then I was like, where do I then find this passion that I suddenly got in the last six months? Like, <laughs> Like, and the thing is someone gave you that passion like it's yeah, not like exactly. it's like you bought it off the shelf it's yeah like, exactly <laughs> i got sold it here it is it's like now that i've got this passion what do i do with it yeah exactly. like, turn it on then i have to think about okay so why do i what want can to I do, do this? yeah i remember being like oh yeah it's like because i i literally had a million things i wanted to be growing up and then, like, I think I remember writing, like, oh, yeah, it's a mix of, like, techno- technology is a mix of math and the creative arts or, arts or something like that. Like, something really cliche or just, and you think, at 18, what do you know? Like, what do you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, and then, again, I chose it in the last three months. And then I'm supposed to then write about how in the future I want to do this. That's why I want to go to this uni or, yeah. or do it's this. Really, it's really backward, like, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, now you already know what the goal is, but now you, do, you need to convince others <laughs> and also yourself that that is what you want to do. <laughs> it's so crazy, isn't it? Yeah, it's like telling myself, yes, you do want to do this. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's like, you, you're talking to yourself in the mirror, like, you do want to do computer science. Yeah. find your your passion and put it down on this paper in so many words like it's hard isn't it and yeah I can totally relate to you as well and it was hard for me as well because I I didn't know what I wanted to do I didn't know what that job looked like but I think things do work out and it's funny how we are looking back at 18 year olds right now like what do they know but I, I I'm I can guarantee you 40 year olds would look at us 24 year olds and say what do they know right exactly you know I mean? so it's very all down to perspective but hey we're living a good life so that's all that yeah <laughs> exactly living our best life. I guess going back to the leg- legacy point again like the end goal is what you said uh, you were going to do but I think now it's just a case of finding those firstly vocalizing is the first step but then secondly it's like now that you know what you're working towards to kind of give you that long-term fulfillment and contentment it's like how can I start looking for opportunities that's going to lead me to that Uh, eventually it's not going to happen overnight but you know after you're 40 you might want to have a career break and do that so it is one of those ongoing things and it's not like once you do it that's it because that event might then open you up to something else and that'll be like oh that's what my legacy is right so yeah it's in like the legacy topic is so funny because people look at me like what like you know like it's no one you didn't stop and think about those things but I think it just really puts into perspective why we're doing what we're doing and what why why are we here right why are we in this planet in this brief time and how can we make the most of it so yeah it's a very kind of 
reflective kind of question for sure yeah yeah it's a good one <laughs> yeah Make definitely sure think for sure okay. ask for my side is actually recommendations right so uh, i think i mentioned on the email as well um if you've got any like self-development book recommendations podcasts individuals videos ted talk just anything that you want to share with the people listening that has really worked for you um and uh that has kind of you know helped you grow as a person because that's the premise of the the, the i guess the page and, and the podcast so um just want to hear any recommendations that you've got that you want to share i don't know if you've thought about it or you planned it no, i was just trying to have a thing right now I, i'm not an avid reader like i try to read i yeah. try very hard to read you know what, <laughs> you know, you know what? i think English like, just not. <laughs> yeah every single person said that oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> i'm an avid reader and me me as well like, i have my ups and downs it's not like i wake yeah, up in yeah. the morning i love reading like you just yeah, you like, go through phases don't you but yeah don't yeah. worry i'm like seasonal if i find a book and then i'll read it in one go and then for another year i'll read a book and then yeah. <laughs> i'll find another book and i'll read it in one go like it's so like, you've used up your power that's it yeah exactly <laughs> burn out <laughs> like a lot of brain power <laughs> yeah exactly but i don't know i think i live off by like experiences mm. and then for my 24 years of living i, I generally think oh, for people growing up i think it's really important to um try to find work like mm. that i think really develops you regardless of what it might be like i i was a waitress or i did volunteering mm. like just growing up and i think it just teaches you a lot about the types of people in the world mm. like especially if you face customers the type of interactions you might get culture. and like just come, exactly culture like, and just coming out your shell and knowing how you would react in a situation i think you never learn properly unless you get put in a certain situation mm. and i generally like to challenge myself to wonder how i would react because there's, there's you always know you, you have a you have an idea about how you think you might react if someone asks you a question saying like, oh, how would you react if you were put in this situation? Mm. Or whether you would actually react that way if you were like in it is another thing. So mm. I think, yeah, pe to people growing up, I would definitely say just volunteering or just part-time jobs, weekend jobs, like you learn so much, uh, meet so many people and mm. yeah, and you get like, earning like what i think even value of money like you mm. get exposed to it because that's another thing like growing up obviously if you have the privilege of having parents who can provide then you don't have to lift a finger but mm. i think it's quite important that you do because then you understand the value, the value of money of the value of work labor like i just think that's for me i think that definitely is self-development like because even volunteering, I think growing up, I used to give four hours of my Saturday mornings to this pet charity shop. Mm. And I didn't have to do it. That was like Saturday mornings, like, just gone we like that. About <laughs> we talked about it earlier on. We're both, like, uh, not early morning people. So that's, that's, yeah, exactly. a that's asking a lot for you, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. And then, like, what, 15 or 16? Like, come on. But... Yeah. You just, even like older people, I don't know, I generally like meeting new people. So mm. I just think my recommendation is to just put yourself out there. Mm. Like, oh, this is, oh, I recently found this. Um, it was my CEO's quote, right? It was like, you can talk to someone for 15 minutes and learn so much more than you living your whole life. Like, 
just because it's experiences that you might never have so like that really put that was like oh oh, that's so true moment because Mm. that's why I think I live for experiences and I'm meeting new people now because you only live one life but Mm. there's so many people around you and you'll learn about so many different lives you Mm. know what I mean which I guess you can do a book as well but yeah reading his effort (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. but too much of brain too brain power yeah that's so true you know because i think i read in the how to win friends and influence people as well which said that there's a guy that looked at every individual um i suppose superior to him in the sense that he can learn from them so like you know there are people that like talking about themselves all the time but then everything that comes out of your mouth is you already know it right the, yeah. the best way to learn is by listening yeah and he, what he said is like whether you are an older person or whether you're a child right when we look at the people around us we think that we can never learn from younger people or children but actually there's so much we can learn from them and yeah. how carefree they are or how much of a less worry like just how they do with things so i think you know you could be close-minded and have a very tunnel vision of I don't need to talk to anyone to learn from any to learn, but even talking to someone for 10 minutes, it, they have gone through a different experience. You've never gone through, right? You will never um, go through their experience, but there's something that they have. There's always something you can learn from someone else. Yeah. <coughs> so that's right. one. And another one, I think what I've also learned, I think um, is taking risks or even I think what uni, um, lectures you say like take calculated risks like Mm. because you'll never make a change or you'll never you'll don't pigeonhole yourself kind Mm. of thing always don't don't think you can't do it if it's if it's a risk and if it's there might be i don't know bad consequences but if you just weigh the outcome or pros and cons like do take risks Mm. because then that means you're then challenging yourself and i think that comes back to just me wanting to put myself into different situations to see how I come out of it. Mm. It's, I think it's easy to just be content and just do it because you're comfortable and just mm. want like kind of flow flow through life. But like you only have one shot, as cliche as that sounds. So why not just Yellow. push it to the max? You know, yeah. <laughs> not saying like go out and risk things. your life, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> just like. No, like yeah exactly calculated risk just take it because yeah you might never have that chance again yeah what's the worst that can happen and i think that's so you know. <laughs> like uh, an old philosopher called drake said <laughs> you may have heard of him or not <laughs> maybe yeah, maybe maybe yeah but that's true you know because i think if you always follow how things have been done, then that's not how evolution happens. That's not how progress happens, right? Because so many people, they do something or they work a certain way because they say things have always been done this way. But that's not how innovation happens. That's not how you uh, get it, um, bring humanity forward kind of thing. So I think more and more there's a culture around like, you know, doing things and disrupting things of how things are being done. And that is the only way individualism can be celebrated and and progress can be made right because if everyone's yeah. the same then we'd all be sheep. what's the yeah. point of living different lives but now i think we think about our picnic and how you were like normal people right <laughs> <laughs> is that what you're laughing 
<laughs> yeah, I was like, I was thinking about, oh yeah, what is the normal? <laughs> oh my god, maybe I should rename the podcast to Normal People normal and Extraordinary people. Things. Maybe that's why I got originated from Ordinary Tales, like no. Yeah, people. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so true. Like, what is normal, right? Everyone has a different normal. Your normal is different, different to my normal. normal. Like exactly. But it's like, yeah, just doing what's, what feels right for you and doing things differently that no one else has done. Because um, what's the worst that can happen? You know, They'll say no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not that deep. Yeah, exactly. It's not that deep. It's fully not that Life really isn't that deep, you know. <laughs> if you really deep it. <laughs> but yeah, that sounds good. And yeah, that brings us to the last question of the podcast, Lisa. That was so much like, fun like you know just talking about <laughs> life and I, it just doesn't it just feel like our conversations anyway right These yeah it's like reminiscing, reminiscing. Yeah, talk, this is what we talk about when we were together anyway but I think like just to kind of reiterate again like from the beginning around what drives you is very much to do with like aspiring just to do the best you can and you learned that from your dad and and just wanting to be successful right and and enjoying the good things in, in your life but also you touched on this idea around um, we, we talked about this idea around education and kids and also that 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 then kind of led to that your kind of desire around you know the orphanage side of things um, and how to give back but that I, it seems like the, the, the key pivotal moment for you um, that made you who you are was definitely the uni side of things and I think a lot of us can relate to it as well where you just grow as a person like from a self-confidence point of view and going through like you know who am I and your identity um, but it's clear that that was like the the shaper for you and and it kind of set your path of putting yourself out there applying for jobs and just getting to know people right because it seems like you're very kind of extroverted as well where you just like talking to people um and then kind of touching on the legacy side around what you're going to do and giving back and talking about Nepal right our home country in a way like no matter no matter how much we try and be English like we'll always look different we'll we'll always get asked where are you where are you originally from so it's like white from? yeah where are you from, from? <laughs> where's that name from so it's like I think that's that is like something that we all get um so it's clear and I think even just talking to a lot of people that that is our key desire right to give back where we can especially to our home country um and then finally with the recommendation it's not like a single book or 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 a person or or a podcast but more just like your experiences because I think development the best way of development is through experiences like the reading is the theory but application is your experiences right and the best way to develop as a person is putting yourself out there and taking those calculated risks that you you mentioned so yeah hopefully I summarized that well and I think that gives us a very the point yeah but I think that gives us a very good insight into your ordinary tales your extraordinary dreams and I'm just really excited to see what else you'll achieve and all the successes and you know we'll always be there to get lit for our birthdays and there's so many events due but I'm just really excited to kind of see what else you'll achieve in your life and uh, just kind of be there to cheerlead from the sidelines so thank you for coming on the podcast and yeah thank you for yeah. giving me the opportunity yeah it's been lovely as ever so yeah it's always good isn't it but thanks yeah. so much and watch out for the
Thank you guys once again for listening to another episode of the podcast. Hope you guys found it as enjoyable as I did recording it. And if you want to share some feedback or show some support, feel free to follow me on at Sundays with a double S on Instagram. And I look forward to catching you same time next week. Thank you.